Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Best and Worst of Walt Disney World. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by the one and only Steve Porter. Hello. And our lovely and talented producer, Mr. Oliver Green. Hello, everybody. Nook. Um, so this week, we are going to talk about what we consider to be the six rookie mistakes you can make going to Walt Disney World. So we're saying the word rookie. We're talking about first-timers. We're talking about people who've never been before. So again, this show, not so much for, for the veterans, but, you know. Share you it with can... your friends who might be coming for the first time. Exactly. Exactly. So the number one thing on this list, and we tell this to people all the time, uh, the number one rookie mistake is over planning, trying to do too much. Now, we, I get it. You're spending thousands of dollars. And right now, you are saying to yourself, I'm only ever going to go once. So I've got to get as much out of this as, as I can. So first off, we all said, I'm only going to go once. So I got I now live here and do this for a living. So, so much for once. But even if you are only going once, it is your vacation. And you want to get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And you want to, you want to have a good time. But at the same time, you don't want to kill yourself. And people just don't get this is 47 square miles of resort and theme parks and shopping and dining. And it's a lot of work sometimes to get from point A to point B. Especially, you know, just under the best circumstances. This is also Florida. <laughs> and chances are you are going to be here of the 365 days out of the year, 364 of them have 190 million percent humidity. So it can be very hot. It can be very crowded. And if you're not, if you're over planning, if you're trying to get too much in, you're going to make yourself miserable. You're also probably going to make your family miserable. I, I, I just think a lot of people think that the more I do, the better the value is. And I think there is some truth to that. You know, you, you want to make sure that you're planning your vacation efficiently and doing things, you know, getting things done. But if you're trying to pack so much in and do so much that you're pulling your hair out by day two, uh, the value is no longer there because this isn't a fun vacation for anyone in your family. So here's, here's the tip, I, the suggestion I will make. If, this is, if you're planning your first trip and you've got what you consider to be a pretty full schedule, cut it in half. Cut it in half. Yeah. Because what looks good on paper the first time you go you are going to, I swear to God, by the end of your first day, you'll be like, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? So number two on the list kind of plays, plays into this. Um, it, it's about utilizing fast passes and in particular booking them early. Why don't you talk a little bit about this, Steve? Uh, well, is this about, I think this is about getting there early for a lot of things, right? Or, oh, well, no, you, you, you book, your fast, yeah, yeah. book okay, your fast passes early. Yeah, so if you book your fast passes out the day of or a week before or two weeks before, Space Mountain's not going to be any, there's not going to be any Space Mountain's uh, fast passes when you want them. There's not going to be any Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. There's certainly not going to be any Frozen Ever After. 
Um, so making sure that you're booking them at the first possible moment that you can. It's 30 days if you are um, not staying at a Walt Disney World Resort mm-hmm. and 60 days if you are. So whatever category you fall in, make sure that you're doing it as soon as possible because if you don't, you're going to miss your opportunity to get those big e-ticket attraction fast passes. And if you try to do a day of, you're going to find that your fast passes are for you know, journey into imagination. And maybe if you're a rookie, you don't realize that's a funny joke, but it's not a great track. Right. Not a great distraction, point being. Um, not a great experience. Hashtag not a great experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just making sure that you are staying on top of it, trying to book them as early as possible, making sure that you're getting those attractions that you really want to ride. Because if you don't, you're going to be waiting for two or three hours for attractions like Frozen Ever After. Right, and you also want to... Um uh, remember how the fast pass system works, which is you are allowed to book three in advance. And then once those three are used, you can then go to kiosks around the park and schedule another one. When that's used, you can schedule another one. Mm-hmm. So efficiently using that. Yep. So one of the things you mentioned before we started. Yeah. So booking them early in the day. So if you say, oh, well, I really want to do Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, and Thunder Mountain. Those are the three ones that you're trying to fit, in, fit into your schedule or, or Space Mountain, whatever. If you schedule them throughout the day. So, at, oh, I'm going to do one at 11, one at uh, 3 o'clock, and one at 8 p.m. Well, that sounds great. But then you're probably, those are the only three of fast passes you're going to get for the entire day. Where if you scheduled them all in the morning and then, you know, go and complete your three fast passes, then you can go your fourth, your fifth, your sixth. So you can get more fast passes per day, really. So I would say book them early or book them, book them early in the day. In the early in the, book them early and book and, them for early yeah, in the day. Right. And that kind of plays into tip number three which is get to the parks early as well. Be there for what's known as the rope drop, which is really the, the, the official opening of the park where you can get in and get on rides. You can usually get into the park about a half hour before rope drop. Am I right on that? It's been so uh, long well, since I've done it. The, the change actually kind of just happened with the yes. Magic Kingdom. So now with the Magic Kingdom, I don't know. Do you know the exact time that you can get in early? I think it's a half hour. I believe it's And now you get up to um, really the hub area of the Magic Kingdom, which is directly in front of Cinderella Castle. Um, And then you kind of get to run to your – well, don't run, but you get to get to your favorite attraction as quickly as possible. Um, But if you do that, you get to ride, you know, two or three rides before the park really gets crowded. Right. I always say that the getting there for rope drop is so you can book your three fast passes in the day, which are guaranteed before you go. It's the fourth fast pass, so you're guaranteed to get on something that later on will have hours and hours wait. I mean, so you can just get there and run straight. I to will. It. I'll even jump on that and say it's like your fifth and sixth fast fast pass, really, yeah. because a lot of these attractions are constantly loading. So for the first hour of the park being open. The lines haven't really caught up, or the the lines haven't caught up with how fast. So, yep. you know, if Space Mountain is loading people as people are filling in, you know, the line doesn't start getting long until you know early afternoon. I agree. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train will anybody's trying to get on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at eight thirty in the morning yeah. will, may may uh, may disagree with you on that. But uh, the idea of getting to the park early in the morning. 
and utilizing your fast passes, then going back to the resort for a break midday, coming back in the evening. Um, one of the ways that uh, a lot of people like to do it, that midday break, uh, we talked about not over planning, not doing too much. Trust me when I tell you that midday break is going to feel really nice, especially if the kids are getting cranky, if it's hot, go back to the resort, hang out in the pool. This works great if you're staying on site. If you're staying off-site, this is not always such a great strategy, especially if you're, if you're using off-site hotel transportation, which is usually scheduled transportation, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but this, you know, this, this is something veterans swear by this, this uh, approach. I just want to continue with the getting there early is that, you know, it's more than just getting to the parks early in the morning. Being early for if you're someone that's not normally early, you got to kind of change that for your Disney vacation because you want to get to the parades early so that you have a good spot. Mm-hmm. You want to get to the fireworks fairly early so you're in the middle of Main Street, not blocked by a street lamp or a tree. Um, you know, you want to get there so you have the view that you saw on the commercials, kind of a thing. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do an amendment onto this one as a rookie mistake. We'll call this th- number three A. Um, <laughs> don't be that person who shows up at a parade ten minutes before it starts <laughs> and tries to figure out a way to get in front of the people who have been standing there for an hour because. Ugly things will happen to you. You will not enjoy the rest of your day at the park. Um, people get real, real upset, and understandably so. So, yeah, get you know, for parades and fireworks, or parades, really. Fireworks, not so much. Fireworks. Fireworks, you can find a good spot. You can spot. find a good spot at the last minute. But for parades, you want to you wanna scope out your best spot, and you want to do that a good, solid hour 45 minutes to an hour before that parade starts now what a lot of people do is they'll lay down blankets and jackets and things like that to hold space while the rest of the family is kind of off doing their thing that's fine Mm -hmm. that's fine i know some people get upset with that too but we got to be reasonable here um if you're there and you're scoping out a spot and that's your spot okay um but get there early to do that uh number four uh also kind of uh talks about doing things early and this is where dining is concerned Mm -hmm. there are certain experiences that especially if you have kids that are very important that you know dining experiences you want to have um the tough ones to get cinderella royal cinderella's royal table in the castle be our guest restaurant in the magic kingdom chef mickey's is a tough rest uh, is a tough uh reservation to get Mm -hmm. for example um so why don't you talk a little bit about about that. Yeah, so just basically Walt Disney World, it's not a great place to assume oh, well we'll just walk up and you know, we'll be able to get our our table. That's not going to happen. And you know, if you have a reservation, it just makes the entire process, you know, you're going to enjoy your day a lot more when you're not waiting for an hour for a table or just basically giving up and eating at a quick service restaurant. And nothing against quick service restaurants, but if you're ex- you know, planning on having a nice family meal, you know, if without a reservation, you're probably not going to get one. Well, at the end of this, we're going to talk about some of the suggestions. These are ours. I'm going to talk about some of the suggestions some of my followers on Facebook uh, made. And one of them I thought was really, you know, really interesting and made sense that table service 
uh, table service takes up a lot of time. Mm. You know, expect to spend an hour and a half mm-hmm. having dinner at mm-hmm. a table service restaurant, whereas quick service, A, it's going to be cheaper. B, you're not going to have to worry about making reservations for mm-hmm. it. And, and third, you're going to not spend quite so much time eating. To certainly plan a couple of special table service meals throughout your trip, but utilize counter service. Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, number uh, five, have a plan with contingencies. This was yours. This was Oliver's, actually. Oliver's. It was mine. So um, we're going to make you talk about it. So, again, it, it all comes back to planning and having something put down on paper before you go or a general idea, a good structured general idea that accommodates everyone in your party, um, you know, taking into account all age ranges and what they want to do. But you also, into this plan, need to build contingencies. Um, I don't want to give away what our next one is after this, but you will notice uh, in, in Florida we have very erratic weather, which will on occasion interfere with the running of certain attractions. Um, it would even go as far as to close down a whole water park if that's what you're doing that day. So it's great having a plan, but your plan has to be um, it has to be fluid. You've got to be able mm-hmm. to build some other stuff in there as well. So you don't want to be standing there not knowing what you're going to do if this happens or if that happens. So Well, and you're just going to end up with a lot of upset family members that if you're kind of the leader of the family, whether your mom or dad or grandpa or grandma or whoever, whoever's leading the pack with, this, with the plan, yep. if you don't have con- contingencies, if I can say that correctly, um, you know, if you don't have a plan, suddenly you find yourself standing around, well, what are we going to do? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Should we do this? Oh, this has this much of a weight. Oh, should we do yeah, this? Disney, let me, let me, yeah, Disney World is not a place for existential experiences, okay? <laughs> you want to plan this out, but, you know, within reason. And I think, you know, you're saying contingencies. My suggestion, honestly, is have a plan, but be flexible. Yeah. yeah. Be willing to say, okay, this isn't going to work out. Because, you know, you get to those type A personalities, and yes, um, hello, nice to meet you, I'm one too. Um, this is the plan, and we've got to stick to it. And you make yourself miserable, you make everybody else miserable, because there are things that are going to happen that are outside your control. So kind of go with the flow, basically. Be a little more zen about the experience. <laughs> one of the, uh, just to give an example of this, like I've read, because I read the boards quite a lot, one of the things I see quite often um, is where people have planned to uh, see Wishes, which is the nighttime fireworks spectacular at Magic Kingdom. Fantastic show. You've got to do it. It's, you know, it's one of the best things you can do if you're visiting the Walt Disney World Resort. But they've planned to do that on their final night of their vacation. There's no guarantee it's going to go ahead. Like weather could interfere with that. So, and it is a big part. It's something that everyone in the family will enjoy. I can guarantee it. So you're going to want to make sure that you see that, you know, earlier on in your vacation, just in case on that last night, it's not available. So, well, and this brings us to number six, which is plan for all uh, Florida weather. Mm -hmm. So right now we're recording this. It is January, uh, January 9th of 2017. And we just had two of the coldest days we've ever had here uh, in a long time. I mean, it was down in the low 30s. Don't usually expect that. And I have family in from Massachusetts, and they weren't expecting it. And guess what? They were here without winter clothes. So uh, this happens all the time. Um, Yes, Florida is usually warm, very warm. But 
in the winter, it absolutely can get get colder here. Also, uh, storms come out of nowhere. And these are not little rainstorms that we get. These are biblical (laughs) storms. It looks like God is angry at us and is sending something to wipe us off the face of the earth. There are times, I've been living here 18 uh, 18 years now, almost 19. And yeah, God, it's almost 19 years I'm here. And there are times where I'm like, wow, okay, this is bad. (laughs) This is a bad storm we're in right now. I'm kind of nervous. There are times when I worked in Tomorrowland as a cast member where the drains would not drain properly, and Tomorrowland became a pond. And <laughs> tomorrow ponds. Tomorrow, yes, exactly. <laughs> so you know it's that bad where you're basically in a bath. Uh, so if it's raining that hard, you're going to want to at least have a poncho. Yeah, and you and yeah, definitely you have to plan. You have to plan for weather here. I've got to say as well, this one seems so obvious for people that have been before, or even if you have a general knowledge of Florida for the summer. If you're coming in the winter months, you've really got to plan for that as well. Because for those of you that don't know, before I worked for the Diz, I was a lifeguard. And I can let you know that at this time of year, um, the water parks and the pools will close just as often as they do in the summer for weather because it's too cold for you to go in. So if you're planning a pool day, a water park day, which I know they're closed around this time. Sometimes at that time when the water park's open again, it's still very cold and they will have to close it because of wind chill because that's what really stops them from doing that. Yeah. So again, build that in. You might not get the pool day that you planned because yeah. of weather. Wind chill yesterday was in the 20s. Oh. Mm. Did you want to just jump right in the pool? Well, and people were out running the marathon. <laughs> well, it was perfect the for the marathon. Uh, some of the suggestions that uh, some of my followers on Facebook have... Uh, have come up with, which I thought were, some of them are, are great. Uh, and this is a really, really good one. Uh, this is from uh, Kirsten Roberts. Says, the whole family doesn't need to always do everything together. If my daughter and I want to do rope drop and the guys want to sleep in, it's okay. We can meet up with them later. This has, this is a common theme among some of the suggestions I'm getting. People will go with, you know, extended family groups, trying to get 15 people through a theme park at the same time is like herding cats. It doesn't work. So again, you know, kind of talk about that flexibility that they're kind of going with the flow. And if somebody, you know, you want, you know, and, and I know whoever the planner is comes from, it comes from a good place. You want everybody to have a good time and you've put all this work in and then you get there and somebody says, no, I want to go do this. And you want to choke them. Um, I've been there. I've done it. Not choked anybody, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so, but this is, I think this is a big rookie mistake, thinking that everybody's going to do everything together all the time. And the, the usual outcome for that is is you end up hating each other and not speaking for years. So um, that's... Man, I got real um, serious. Not bringing a poncho, uh, Ray Magana, uh, not bringing a poncho to Central Florida in the spring. Uh <laughs> Tried to see everything and do everything. That's a common, the most, the most common yeah. thing and uh, submitted here was that that trying to do too much, uh, not doing any planning or research. Again, not a place for an existential experience. Unrealistic expectations, and then there's the you know the rushing through the vacation because you want to get everything in, and it is your vacation. So you know determine what you consider relaxing, and if Running around in 95-degree heat is relaxing to you. God bless you. Um, let's see. 
Going off what you just said there, Pete, I'd say it's the quality of you're giving up a quality vacation for quantity. That's exactly what will happen. Like in most yeah. situations, when there's a lot of it, it's not very good. And it's exactly the same with your Walt Disney World vacation. I, the less you do, the more special it is and the more you'll enjoy it. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Tara Quillen gave a great tip here that I still make this mistake to this day. Now, I do this for a living. I have been going to these parks for decades now. I live down here. Um, I'm in the parks all the time. I still make this mistake. Bringing too much stuff in your backpack or your purse. <laughs> there are times I am walking around the park. Because I usually, usually have a messenger bag or a backpack. Or a purse. Or a purse. <laughs> there are some that are definitely on that line. But... I'll be like, what the hell was I thinking? Why did I do this? It's 95 degrees out, and I am carrying a bag that probably weighs 20 pounds, 25 pounds, mm -hmm. on my shoulder or, or on my back. This is a constant mistake. And, you know, it's especially, I think, it's especially tough for moms um, who, you know, you've got little ones, and there's a lot you've got to travel with. And knowing what to uh, knowing what to pack and what not to uh, when you go into the parks can be a tough call. But this is definitely one of the rookie mis the big rookie mistakes is packing too much stuff to carry with you through the parks. I just thought of one I'm randomly, but uh, I would also say don't count down your days when you're there. Just live in the moment. Mm -hmm. I found myself on my Disney vacations saying, "Oh, I only have three days left. Oh, I only have two days left." I only and. So suddenly you're not really enjoying it to its full extent because you're so consumed by the fact that it's coming to an end. Yeah. Well, another one, Darren Noel and many, 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 many people have written on this uh, post, new shoes, huge rookie mistake, bringing new shoes, new sneakers, new sandals with you to the parks. You have to break them in first. Otherwise, because remember, on an average day, on an average day, you're going to walk seven or eight miles. I want you to keep that in mind. On an average day, you're going to be on your feet walking seven or eight miles in new shoes. The story writes itself. It absolutely writes itself. And so there's that. A lot of people saying not taking time to just stop and smell the roses mm -hmm. and kind of have the experience. You're <clears throat> just so busy running around from place to place. Um, not taking any downtime, uh, Julie Balderson, not taking any downtime away from the parks. Um, mm -hmm. I think people forget that there's a lot to do outside the parks. Mm -hmm. And so there's, uh, we'll, we'll post a link to this on our show notes page so you can check it out. And follow me. Follow me on, on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, at Pete Werner. There it is. Right there, right now. <laughs> so... All right, so that is our, our show, um, Rookie Mistakes to Avoid on your first trip to Walt Disney World, doing too much and over-planning. Make sure you utilize FastPass and book the, book the fast passes early. Get to the parks early. Be there for rope drop. Take those afternoon breaks. Book your dining reservations well ahead of time to avoid any disappointments or focus more on quick service restaurants. Um, have a plan with contingencies. Go with the flow. 
and plan for the Florida weather because it changes every 15 minutes. <laughs> so that will do it for this episode of the best and worst of Walt Disney World. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week with another edition. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>